And the scripture reading for today's sermon is from 2 Corinthians, this is chapter 13, starting at verse 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, of course, you fail the test? And I trust that you will discover that you have not failed the test. Now, we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may have seemed to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever, you are, we, are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority that the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Josh. All right. How are my uh, church people doing today? Doing good? All right. You ready to party? All right. We're going to have a good time. Um, my name is Tyler Houtsma, and I get to be an associate pastor here. I get to hang out with the youth, do some worship and some tech stuff, and uh, I'm just excited to uh, share with you this morning. We're talking about this idea of testing your faith, and I'm excited um, to talk about this because over the past couple years, I've been kind of processing this and, and learning a lot um, through the ups and downs of the last uh, couple years, um, so I'm excited to get into this. It's, it's tough. It's good. I like a challenge, so um, we're, we're going to dive into that in here just a second, but I'd love to say a prayer before uh, we do that. Pray with me, please. God, we are grateful that that you are in control, that you are in charge. God, we're grateful that you love us, that you are for us, that you uh, continue to challenge us and push us, that, that we have not arrived, that we continue to just uh, push towards you and, and become more like you, Jesus. I just ask that you speak through me, uh, that we have big ears this morning to hear what you uh, are speaking to us, God. May we be people that are changed, uh, that... Uh, point to you, and uh, God, can we just love you well? In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, um, I'm curious, does anybody in this room, by raising your hands, love to take tests? Like, you're just like, I love to, we don't have anybody? Okay, um, you're like me, right? Like, you, you hate the studying, right? Like, when you, you get to that multiple choice questions, you're like, I don't know, man, like this is, this is not good. It, it could be A, B, C, or D, or, you know, all of those, right? Like I, I am so bad at taking tests. I'm not very great at studying either, right? When I got a B minus on my test, I was like, put it on the fridge, let's go. Like, we, like this is good stuff, right? Mom, are you proud of me, please? Um, but here's the thing. There has been one test in my life where I felt very confident, where I was like, dude, I got this. And that was my driver's ed test, okay? So when I took my driver's ed test, I was really excited. I wanted my license. Um, I lived three minutes from my school, so it was going to cut the commute time, like, by 10. Like, it was, it's going to be amazing. Um, I, I still walked to school. I actually did drive to school a little bit, which was kind of insane. I don't know why I did that. Uh, but anyways, I felt like I was going to crush this test, okay? And I was on the test, and things were going good. The only thing that I really messed up on was backing around the corner, and I was upset about that, because that's like what, I was so good at that, right? And then the test came, and I was a little nervous, um, but I hit the curb, and it was a little embarrassing, but we did it, right? I did the whole two-second stop at the stop signs and all that stuff, going the speed limit, not going too slow, because that can be dangerous too, and it was kind of interesting. When we got to the parallel parking part of the test, like, that's kind of like the scary part, right? Like, because 
parallel parking is kind of hard. And my driver instructor like told me exactly when to turn and how to do it, and it was kind of odd for that test because they like kind of cheated, but um, it was kind of nice because they helped me with that test. And it, I I think I'm remembering this right that I got a 96 on that test. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'm a pretty good driver. Okay, um, and here's the thing. Uh, I thought I was like super, super good at driving when I took that test, right? Um, and I, I'm kind of curious what my parents thought, right? When, when I was driving, my mom would do this thing, I call it the mom break. Um, she kind of was like, she, like, she didn't have a break. She was on her side, right? But she just kind of like got stiffed and like, she looked like she was braking. But I felt like I was driving safe and I was like keeping my distance, right? But I, you know, I, I, maybe I wasn't as good as a driver as I thought. Um, so I'm curious what my parents think. But here's the thing. My wife, and she's not biased at all, she says that I am the best driver that she's ever seen. She says that to me often. And she's very anxious in the car. So I, I take that as a highest compliment, and there's no bias in there at all, okay? But here's the thing. I, I do have to confess all the praise uh, about um, this driving is kind of going to, to my head, right? So I'm, I'm on the road, and somebody else doesn't do something properly. I'm like, what is this person doing? They don't know how to drive. They need to learn how to drive like me, right? Like they, they need to drive like me. They don't know how to do it properly. I am now the driver's ed instructor to everybody on the road. So watch out if I'm on the road because I might, you know, correct you a little bit or not. Um, but here's the thing. I chose to examine others' ability to drive rather than my own ability to, uh, to drive because I think I got it all figured out, right? And the, the scripture that uh, Josh read and that we're going to hang out in today, uh, the Corinthians, they actually have the same type of attitude with their faith as my driving, right? They, they choose to examine, they choose to judge, they choose to critique other people's faith while paying no attention to where they are at. They are the expert. Everybody else has some way to go and something to learn, Right? I don't know about you, but I think it is easy to do that, right? I think it's so much easier to look at somebody else's faith and see if it passes the test. Man, you believe this, you don't believe this, you say that, you don't say this, right? You believe this politically, you believe in this cause, or you don't believe in this cause. It's really easy to look at someone's faith and say, man, like, you don't have it figured out, but I do, right? Like, I got it all figured out. That's usually how I think we can, we can think about our faith. And the Corinthians are specifically doubting Paul's faith, um, and, and they're putting Paul almost underneath this microscope. They're like trying to um, see what's going on with his life, how he's living. They're not satisfied uh, necessarily with how he is doing his daily Christian living. They're examining Paul and not themselves. But Paul, in verse five, says this. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. And, and if you look at the, the literature and, and the, the grammar of that, he is like saying, don't look at me. Look at yourself. Stop judging me or other people and examine your own faith. Examine yourselves with an exclamation point. Paul uh, is encouraging the Corinth church to like see the true nature 
of their faith. And in other words, I think Paul is challenging us to rip things down to the studs and see what is going on in the hidden uh, places of our hearts. And speaking of ripping things down to the studs, that is what I've got to do all this week. I have done like some demo. Like I have a huge pile. It's like as tall as me, super wide uh, of, of just stuff that I have broken and banged and made a lot of noise and it's been very fun. Um, but uh, as you can see on the screen, um, this used to be a bathroom, right? There, there was a tub there, there was tile, there's a toilet and a sink and actually all of those studs and that floor is gone now. I did that all this week and it was crazy. I was, I was pretty proud of myself, right? I, we, we have some, some big um, plans with our house. We got the house about a month ago. Um, so I, I wanted to do some work. I, I wanna make it my own home, right? So that's been fun to just destroy things. If you ever need some, some therapy, come to my house and we'll just hammer some walls. It'll be good, okay? But here's the thing. Ripping things down to the studs is not easy. Like, it's, it's hard, right? Like, I was sweating a lot. Um, it's really noisy. Cameron was sitting in our bedroom and I'm just like hammering tile. And she's like, what is going on? Like, it is so loud, right? Um, it's, it's also very taxing on the body. I feel like kind of a 60-year-old this week. My back hurts so bad, right? I'm bending over. I'm holding on to a hammer all week. My hands are all crampy and sore and I just want to take a bath and relax, right? But it, what was that? Ah, shoot. Yeah, unfortunately. But here's the thing, when you, when you do demo, this is what my dad was telling me, you actually have to be more precise to take things out than to build something, right? Because you don't wanna hit like a water line, that would not be good, or like some elect electrical lines or anything, that would be uh, pretty terrifying, right? And here's the thing, doing this demo, this, this uh, thing, ripping down, down to the studs is a necessary thing that, that we need to do needed to do in the house of my house. I needed laundry. I have not done laundry in my house or my apartment for two years. I am ready for some laundry, right? So that's why I did it. It was a necessary thing to do that, right? It's also necessary, we go down to the studs to examine what is behind that drywall. There could be kind of some scary things behind that drywall. We found some rotten woods. Uh, we need to see where the electrical is at. Uh, we, we basically just need to see what is underneath there before we uh, proceed with the project. And what I, I wanna propose to you today is that we need to do some spiritual demo. We need to rip things down to the, to the studs and this, this spiritual demo that God is asking us to partake in, it's not easy. And I want you to know that. I'm not gonna come in today and say, yeah, just it's okay, like rip your heart down to the studs and just let's expose everything. That's not easy work. But what I want you to know is this is, this is a necessary step to having an honest look at where your faith is at, where you are at with Jesus. There's a commentator by the name of Redpath, that's a pretty cool name, says this, self-examination takes the chill away from your soul, it takes the hardness away from your heart, it takes the shadow away from your life, it sets the prisoners free. Man, doesn't that sound wonderful? Like, I want that. I want the prisoners to be gone. I want those shadows to be getting out of here, the hardness in my heart to be gone. Like, that's, that is amazing. That's what this self-examination process, the spiritual demo can bring to our lives. Like, that, that's pretty awesome, and it's a wonderful finished result. But 
Finding out about what is wrong and doing the work to fix it is a long, it's grueling, and it's hard, right? That, that is a wonderful finished result, but getting to, to this point, it was tough, right? And the same thing's gonna happen in our heart and our soul. When we are doing that work in our heart, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of work. Another thing regarding our house when we were kind of in the process of buying it was uh, the inspection, right, of, of doing an inspection, and you know you had to pay a decent amount to do it, right? Um, and uh, we needed to do the inspection, though, right? Um, even though we had to pay a lot of money, um, and also f- maybe find something that was kind of alarming with our house, something that is hidden in the attic or in the crawl space or all that stuff in the kind of the hidden places uh, of that house. But we needed to do that in order to buy this home, right? Um, and you know, it's kind of a bittersweet thing, but because we did this inspection, we found some things. There was mold in the attic, right? And if we didn't know that, like, that's kind of scary, right? Like, if it was just hidden and unaddressed, like, that's not very good, right? It was terrifying to hear, but something that we needed to hear, right? And here's the thing. It is crazy. This market is insane, right? I sound like a real estate agent right now, but uh, this market is so crazy that people will just, like, Close in two weeks, waive the inspection. Who cares if there's something wrong with it? We're gonna just go all in on this house. And even if it's gonna fall apart tomorrow, we're still gonna buy it, right? Like that's what it's like. We, we lost a, a bid on a house because someone did that, right? They are so much more concerned about getting the home than making sure that the home is quality, even in the hidden, in the hidden spaces, In the second part of verse five in chapter 13, it says, or do you not recognize regarding yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are unqualified? The scary part about this this spiritual inspection or this self-examination is that it creates a possibility for you to fail this examination. That when you say, man, where's my faith at? There's a possibility that there might be some things that are kind of funky, that that aren't what they're supposed to be, to find something that is uh, alarming, right? And when we do this spiritual demo, this inspection, there can be trauma uncovered. Maybe it's, it's from church. Maybe you had a really poor experience at church. There, there's a senior pastor who, who did something that they shouldn't have done or, or you were treated really poorly or, or someone just did something very wrong to you at church or maybe just in general life, right? That, that there is a traumatic experience that, that is underneath the surface, the unprocessed. Maybe there's past regrets that are remembered that it, you, it used to be the old you, right? I used to do this. There's sin that is underneath the surface that you don't wanna address yet, right? That, that it's your past self or, or maybe there's areas in your life that you simply don't wanna address. Like, can we just talk about that later? Like, I don't, I don't wanna talk about that right now, right? When we do that spiritual demo, things like this come to the surface. They're exposed. And maybe there is a doubt in God that we truly didn't process, that we thought, man, everything's hunky-dory, God and I are like this, we're good, right? But maybe when we do this spiritual demo, we are seeing that there is a doubt in God, that our faith is not actually where we thought it was. And I'm curious, when have you doubted God? When have you doubted God? When was your faith shaky? When was a moment in your life where you're like, man, I Was it a tragic event? Did you lose a loved one? Was it uh, something crazy happened, right? That you're like, 
how could, how could God let this happen? Maybe there's a moral difference than the Bible. Maybe you, you believe in this thing, but the Bible says something else and you're just struggling. Like, how could God teach me to do that? Or why does God not teach this, right? There's a, maybe there's this difference in how you see the Bible. Maybe there, there's, a, there's a struggle there. Maybe you think God doesn't listen to you. you. You've been praying over and over and over again, and you're like, God, where the heck are you? Why are you not showing up? I am crying out to you, and you are not listening. Maybe you just grew up believing because your family did, and maybe like, your faith is just like kind of like check off the box faith. Like I just go to church because that's what I do, right? We don't experience it, and we don't, we don't uh, participate. We just go to say, man, I did the church thing this Sunday. I'll see you next week. I'm clocked out, right? There's, there's been some seasons in my life where I've doubted God, and it's actually been like fairly recently. I, I had, um, I, I think we all did, but like just the start of COVID was this roller coaster for my family. I lost two cousins that were younger than me in two years. That was hard. Had to bury my cousins. Like that, that is, that is frustrating. Like God, are you, are you there? Like. What? Like, why is this happening to my family and twice? Right? Even my church family here, we, we had a lot of people leave. That was hard. Because you take it personally when, you're, when, you are, when you give your heart and your soul to this church and people leave. And that's not to guilt trip anybody. But it, I have to be honest, it hurts. And it, it makes me say, God, what the heck is going on? Why is this happening? I felt like I just had this the season of loss, right? And, and on top of that, I got married, which was a blessing, but like learning how to live with a different person and, and buying a house and, and taking care of a dog and, and doing three jobs at the same, like all of that was just like, what, how do I do this, right? And it was a season of doubt. My faith was not where, where I wanted it to be, right? A lot had happened in that two-year two year span, and I chose not to do any self-examination during that time. That's what I chose to do. I just chose to put in the attic, my spiritual attic, and I'm not gonna deal with it. And the grief, the pain, the loss and disappointment I was feeling was all brewing underneath the surface. Those were things that were unprocessed. And this led to a doubt in God that needed to be addressed by spiritual demo. I needed to break down those walls. I needed to do that spiritual inspection. And the danger that we face from this, this self-examination is not the possibility of failure, but the realization of failure, that we're actually dealing with doubt. Like, that's kind of scary. Like, when I realized that, I was like, wow, this, this is worse than what I thought. Or maybe you, you don't have a faith that you thought that you had. And now that I, I kind of brought you to this, this pondering spot, this this, wow, where is my faith? Hopefully that right now in this moment, you are doing this self-examination where you're really seeing what is going on underneath the studs and maybe you have uncovered some doubt, some trauma, some things that you, you didn't wanna talk about or think about or maybe you didn't even know about. So what the heck do we do that with that, right? Now that it's exposed, right, like kind of have to do something with that, right? We don't wanna just stay in this exposed state, right? And this doubt that has been exposed often leads to this thing called deconstruction. Can you say deconstruction for me? That's my youth pastor tool there. It's good to, to say it out loud so we remember it. 
So deconstruction is simply the dismantling of something constructed. It's pretty simple. That, that it's not constructing, it's deconstructing, right? It's like um, a child destroying his Lego creation, right? When I was a child, I'd always build these big spaceships, and at some point, I had to borrow a piece from that spaceship, and I would have to destroy it. I'd have to deconstruct it, right? Or maybe it's an abandoned house that needs to be ripped down. That's deconstruction. Also, the Christian tearing down the walls of their faith. That is deconstruction. And if we aren't careful with this this self-examination process and this deconstruction that kind of comes with that, it can lead to us abandoning our faith. You can say, man, the, the events that I went through, the trauma that I went through, the things that I don't agree with Christianity, man, it can, it can create a spiral. It can get you into like super demo mode and all of a sudden you just destroy the whole house. You destroy the spiritual house that we have built. It's just, see you later. I am abandoning this faith. But here's the thing. That is not our goal this morning. That is not our goal to destroy the house, the spiritual house that we have built, to just say, see you later, deconstruct fully, right? This is not the goal or the product that Paul wanted from this self-examination. The self-examination, this process is to really submit the examination of Jesus, to focus not just fully on sin, right? There might be sin that's uncovered, that is exposed, that we need to deal with, but I don't want us to to feel the shame in this examination, right? We can can feel like we have failed the test, and who loves to fail a test? I remember coming home uh, and having this report card and feeling like I have disappointed my parents so much because of a grade that I had on a test. There is such a shame with tests, with examinations, but I don't want you to associate this examination with failure. What I want us to do is firmly fix our eyes on Jesus. To ask Jesus, this is important to reveal himself in areas where we need help. Jesus, help me. How often do we pray that? Or do we try to do it on our own? Can you help me and can I change because of your strength? The self-examination process is to ask the Holy Spirit to step in. Holy Spirit, can you guide my life to ask for grace, to ask for understanding? Who wants to know the plan, right? Like where, where to go, what to do, right? We need to ask God for that understanding. And maybe when we, when we have shaky faith, when, I, when we feel like abandoning our faith, we can ask God, can you help me to have more faith? And I think this is actually where deconstruction can be a really, really useful tool for the believer, right? Some things need to be torn down to make stronger, right? With that bathroom that I destroyed, I needed to rip it down in order to make it better. Some things need to be ripped down to make them stronger. Some things need to be forgotten. Some things need to be unlearned and challenged in order for your faith to grow. That's hard, it's not fun to unlearn things, to be challenged, to do something different. Who loves change, right? But some of those things need to be forgotten, unlearned, and challenged in order for your faith to grow. Right, when I started doing demo on my house, the intent was not to leave it like those pictures. Like that would be weird. Like why would I do that? Like let's just rip things down, just expose it to, uh, you know, we'll see if I get it done on time, right? That's one thing, right? But my intent at least is to finish it. 
not to leave it at the studs. My intent was to build it up to something better, to have a big family room in there, to have a laundry room and host people in that room, watch movies, watch Harry Potter time and time again every Christmas with my wife, because that's what she wants, right? That's, that's the intent for that room. And this is the work that God wants to start doing in you this morning. He wants to build you up to something better and, and stronger than what you walked in this morning. And there might be doubts uncovered this morning that are powerful, they're scary, they're unprocessed. But what I'm learning, I'm learning two things, and this is kind of what I've been learning through the season of loss, is first, it is okay to doubt. It's different from abandoning. I, I don't think it's okay to abandon it, but it's okay to doubt. It's okay to be frustrated. I don't think I should be all hunky-dory about what happened in my family. It's okay. It's okay to, to, to question, right? Say, God, what is going on? But at least I'm including God in that conversation of, God, can you explain this to me? Not, not even just explain it to me. Can you bring me peace in this situation? What I'm learning too is that I need to allow full access of my life to God, and I haven't been doing that. I need to allow full access to God, to have honest and vulnerable and kind of scary conversations with my creator who, let me remind you, unconditionally loves me and unconditionally loves you. So here's kind of the big question that we have to walk away. How do we learn to examine our faith, do the spiritual demo, have doubts, but not lose our faith, but actually grow in our faith? Maybe that's what you're asking yourself right now. How can I do this, but not lose my faith? I think we need to allow God to take charge of this examination process. It says this in Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I wanna read that one more time. Maybe eyes closed if that helps you focus. Just take this in. This is good stuff. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's three things that I, that I took away from this scripture is first, allow God full access. So Cameron and I, as I was saying, we got a new house, right, and that's exciting. Um, but part of that, that process is changing locks, right? It used to be a rental uh, to other people, so I was kind of figuring lots of people have keys, so that kind of sketches me out. I don't want random people going to my house, right? So we I changed the locks, and therefore we have new, new keys. And we started to give out spare keys to family, and friends, so you know, if we're gone, they can take care of our dog Bowie, or if they need to get in the house and grab something, um, we can do that, right? And we, we trust them, that's why we give them those keys. We trust them with having a key to our home uh, and access to our home. Like, I'm not gonna just do that with anybody, right? Like, I'm not just gonna give a random key to somebody. Like, here's a key to my house, right? Like, that, that would be foolish, right? But here's the question I wanna pose for you this morning is, have you given God the keys to your spiritual home? God knows your thoughts, he knows you, he knows what you're thinking, uh, but have, have you had that conversation of God? You got full access. It's not only business hours during the day, right? You have my attention 24-7. Have you given God the keys to your spiritual home, your heart? Does God have full access to you? 
Think about that for a second. Does God truly have full access to you? Are you putting barriers? Are you, are you trying to lock the door so God can't have these, these challenging conversations with you? When we get in the habit of inviting God into our lives, God meets us where we are at, doubts and all. I want you to hear that. God still meets you, doubts and all. Second thing I'm learning from this scripture is introduce God to your thoughts, okay? And, and I am just terrible at introducing people, specifically uh, Cameron, my wife, right? We, uh, you know, we'll be at places, at parties, um, even at church when I'm trying to introduce myself to new people. Um, I often forget to introduce uh, Cameron to people, and she's just kind of standing there awkwardly waiting for me to say, like, this is my wife, Cameron, right? Like, and I just, I, I do a terrible job at it, and right, some of our friends um, who, who started going here a couple years ago, they were, like, literally convinced that I was making Cameron up, because, like, I was, I just, like, kept saying, like, yeah, my wife, and I would never introduce her to them. She was always in the back with the kids, right? So I'm terrible at that. But I'm also, I'm also terrible at letting God know where I am at and where I am struggling. I'm not good at having that conversation. God, I'm frustrated here. God, I'm, I'm messing up here. Can you help me here? And here's the thing. I want you to hear this. God is not trembling on his throne when he hears that you are struggling to believe when you are doubting or you're scared. He's still in control. He's got this. Introduce God to your doubts and let God speak into them. Have you ever thought about introducing God to your doubts and letting him speak into those conversations or have you already made up your mind? And watch him replace those doubts with confidence and faith. And finally, uh, I'm learning from the scripture that I need to allow God to reroute me sometimes. So Cameron and I took a road trip Recently, we got to go to Portland and we got to see one of our favorite bands, the Lumineers. It was so awesome. I had a great time. Um, but when we like, it, we were like 30 minutes uh, or 20 minutes out of Portland, right? And we were on I-5 and we were just stopped, just not moving. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to be here, right? And then all of a sudden, ba-boom, something came on. The GPS is like, new route, save like 15 minutes or something, right? So I got over four lanes on I-5 somehow, and I, you know, I got off the, the freeway and we took this you know, high, highway, the, the other way kind of out of the way. We saw Ikea on the way home, which was awesome. Um, we learned that, so we went to Ikea, spent tons of money. Um, but anyways, right, the, the, the GPS like saved us like 30 minutes, right? Like I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I was already driving at five hours at that point. I'm like, dude, I wanna be done. I wanna just be at our hotel, right? So the GPS told us to go a different route than originally planned. Here's my question for you. Does God have the authority in your life to change things up, to lead you on a different route than you originally planned? Because in this scripture, it says God leads us in a way everlasting. That's a good way to go, I think. I wanna go that way. But we need to get in the habit of letting God go and letting, letting, letting not letting God go, excuse me, letting go and letting God lead us there, right? We need to be able to reroute. We need to be able to say, God, man, this, this thing has been exposed in my life and we need to go a different direction, right? There's a doubt or, or a trauma or, or something and, and he needs to do some rerouting in our lives. 2 Corinthians 13, 10, 
uh, the, the end of the scripture that we're reading today is, th- it says this, this is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come, I may, have, uh, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. To end this time, I just wanna remind you that God's intention, his heart for the self-examination process was not to be harsh, was not to tear you down, but rather to expose weak spots, to address them, and build you up to become stronger. Does God have access to you down to the studs? If not, let's, let's think about that. Let's give him access, let's give him a key. Does he have access to the weak spots, the fears, the doubts in your life? And here's my question that I wanna leave with you that you can just, hopefully you can ponder and just kinda process throughout this week is, how are, you, how are you including God in building your faith? How are you including God in building your faith? And actually, how are you including others in building your faith as well, right? Because we see that Paul was used to help build up the Corinthian church, not to tear it down. So who in your life can you process these things with, that you can have vulnerable, honest conversations that, that will challenge you, that won't, will just say, oh yeah, whatever, that's cool, right? But will actually challenge you and have those, those deep conversations with you. And I think it's also important, and, and I think it's, it, it can feel simple, but we need to include God in that too. How often do you ask God to help build your faith? to be a part of that process? Are you doing it by yourself like I did with that bathroom? It would have gone so much better and quicker if I would have asked people to do it, but I'm stubborn and I don't wanna ask for help and I wanna do it by myself. So this week, look for opportunities for for people to help you and for God to be an intricate part in building your faith. Let's pray. God, we are are grateful that you are just... uh, a God that is filled with grace, with compassion, filled with truth, with with challenges, God. And God, this morning we have been met with a challenge, a challenge to do some work, to do some spiritual demo, to to rip down things, uh, things down to the studs and, and really examine our faith. Can we not rush through that process? Can we be people who say, God, can you help me discover what is going on underneath? And God, if if there's weak spots, there's things that need to be addressed, things that need to be changed, God, can you give us the strength, send your Holy Spirit to help us change those things? God, we can't do it on our own. We need you. You are a central part of this process, this examination process. God, I, I just pray that we won't feel shamed but we will feel challenged, we won't feel called out, but we will feel called up to a a life that is glorifying to you, to a life that is is just makes you the hero of our story, God. God, we pray for any doubts, any any traumas, any, any experiences that people have gone through. God, we just ask that you bring peace to those situations, that that you allow them to grieve, to 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 have the 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 proper emotions for for the things that have gone on. And God, can you once again be part of that process, be part of the grieving process, the the, the process that that we're frustrated and angry and scared and doubting. God, we just pray that you continue to build us up, that we become stronger, and that we continue to just share uh, our story with others and, and share 
you to everybody that we come in contact with. God, we love you so much and we trust you. In your name we pray, amen. If you want more information on Hub City Church, find us at thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.